We'd like to welcome everyone to Episode 9 of the Learning Center, brought to you by East Bakersfield Church of Christ. Um, what is the Learning Center? The Learning Center is something that we put together to try to explain the Bible in its purest form, without mankind's uh, man twisting the words, adding words to it, or taking away, or using it for the benefit of themselves, but rather trying to give the Bible as God intended. The subject today will be, how do we know the Bible is from God? It is a valid question. And if you are a person really thinking about things, you have a right to ask those questions about God. You have a right to ask anybody that's teaching you the word, uh, is it true? And we encourage you to do that. Uh, what you hear today, we want you to double check and make sure that what we're saying about the Bible is true. Because we want the purest form of the word to get to you. And this is what the Learning Center is all about. But this podcast really wouldn't be nothing if I didn't have uh, the fellow that next sitting next to me. Uh, he has been preaching for many years in the circuit in the United States, and he has been a mentor to me and someone who's influenced me to be a preacher. Um, Brother Jack, uh, can I encourage you to speak a little bit about yourself today? Okay, Mark, I've, I've been very blessed by the Lord to be able to preach the gospel for 55 years at two different congregations, starting in Lamont, California, and presently at the East Bakersfield Church of Christ for 39 years. Uh, God has blessed me. I'm very thankful for the congregation for there, for their support in, in teaching the truth and standing up for what the Bible says. And in all of those years of preaching, one of the things that I've learned is to trust the Word of God. And we have to trust it and believe it. And we look at the evidence. That's one of the ways we know uh, things are true is by the evidence that's presented. And there is lots of evidence in the Word of God. So as we look at the Bible and we study the Bible, uh, our faith in it as being the Word of God needs to be very strong. But in order to find that, we need to look at the evidence. There are many people who try to claim the Bible is just written by man, but they've never looked at the evidence. They've never explored the Bible to see, well, is it really just written by man? Did it just come from the mind of man? Or is it as it claims to be in truth, the Word of God? And before I forget, can I encourage you that out there listening to like and subscribe to this podcast? Keep in mind, we, this is not our full-time job. We are simply trying to do our obligation to God by teaching the Word. Uh, we will not solicit any money, nor does the Bible allow uh, we are not doing this for a profit, but spending our time t talking about God because we simply just love it. Um, Jack, before we start, do you have any other ways that people can contact you or at least listen to some of your sermons at this time? Yes, they can contact us through the uh, website, East Bakersfield Church of Christ. There are also sermons on YouTube uh, that we have that have been recorded and put on YouTube. Uh, we have Bible Study Time, a radio program that is broadcast weekly over 20 different stations throughout the United States, and they can find that schedule on our website or on our Facebook page. Uh, they can also go to Wilkins Radio uh, Station, that's the stations that are carrying it presently, and find the schedule there for Bible Study Time. Uh, we also have our regular services at East Bakersfield Church of Christ, where individuals in the area are more than welcome to attend. We'd be happy to have you come with us and, and study with us and uh, worship with us. And we're meeting at 3500 Bernard Street in Northeast Bakersfield. On Sunday morning at 9.30, we have Bible classes. At 10.30 is our assembly to worship. Sunday evening at 5 p.m. is our evening assembly to worship. 
Tuesday at 6.30 is an inquirer's class, and Wednesday at 6.30 is a midweek Bible study. You're always welcome to come and be with us. I appreciate it, Jack. And I don't want to take up much of you folks' time. I realize time is precious these days and everybody has work to do. But we do want to give a background to what is the Bible before we talk about uh, is the Bible from God. And Jack, can you give us some background about the Bible? Yes, Mark, I'd be happy to. The Bible is actually a library of 66 books. There are 66 books in the Bible. Uh, The books were written over a period of about 1,600 years by about 41 different people whom God used to write the Bible. Uh, It covers the history of man from the beginning of time till the end of the first century. And that's with the book of Revelation closing out that time, written about 100 A.D. And so it is a marvelous book. It's a wonderful book. has a lot of information in it. Uh, But it depends on whether or not we accept and understand how we got the Bible. That is elementary to it. Okay. Well, so now that we know what the Bible is, what's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is to reveal God. That's the purpose of the Bible in reality. In Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 16, when Paul says he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but his desire was to preach the gospel of Christ. And in preaching the gospel of Christ, he was revealing who God is. So it is to reveal God as our creator, Jesus Christ as our redeemer, and reveal to us the way they want us to live so we can have all the blessings that they have in store for us in this life, as well as that eternal home in heaven. To the folks listening, the next segment we're going to have here is explaining why the Bible is from God. If you're agnostic or an atheist, or just been skeptical about what um, the Bible is, or how mankind has changed the word over the years, I would tell you to listen very carefully to this next segment, because we're going to give some proofs that the Bible is real and influenced by God that you may not hear from everyone else. We want to give you the truth so that you can reason with it. It is not up to us to try to push any religion on you or push the Bible on you, but rather to give you the information so that you can make a proper decision. Brother Jack, is the Bible from God? Yes, it is, Mark. And there's valid, uh, tremendous evidence in the Bible that it is from God. The evidence that it is from God is, is vast in the Word of God, but if people are willing to look at it and willing to see it, I think one of the greatest evidences the Bible is from God is the very first verse, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, all of the technological advances and scientific knowledge that man has today, man still agrees with Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 in the sense that everything in this physical world in which we live today is comprised of one or more of five items. And they say scientists tells us that these five items are time, force, energy, space, and matter. And all five of them are found in the very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, time. God is the force. Created is the energy. The heaven is the space, and the earth is the matter. Now, God inspired Moses to write that uh, about 4,000 years ago. And did man know that? Did man have that knowledge? Moses did not have that knowledge within himself. You see, Moses was brought up as an Egyptian, of the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The Egyptians at that time were very idolatrous people. They believed in many, many gods. And yet Moses wrote about one God that created the world. 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And lots of evidence like that, uh, that shows us that men thinking beyond their own knowledge, beyond things that they really uh, were aware of or had knowledge of at that time, that knowledge came from somewhere and it came from God. The Bible claims to be inspired of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so it is God-breathed. That's what the word inspiration means. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 9, when God called Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet, to be a prophet of his, and Jeremiah began to complain to God that he wasn't able to, that he was too young, and God told Jeremiah, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. And so that's verbal inspiration. God put his words in, in Jeremiah's mouth and in Jeremiah's pen. In Matthew chapter 10, the Lord tells us the same thing he did for the apostles and for the writers of the New Testament. He told them that you'll be brought before governors and tried, but he said, don't worry about what you're going to speak because it isn't you that speak, but the spirit of your father, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost that speaks in you. So it is given to us by the word of God. And he tells us in First uh, Peter chapter one, that he teaches us that uh, the word of God is given to us by inspiration again, not by man's idea. It didn't come by the interpretation of man, but it came as the Holy Spirit moved men to speak and to teach the Word of God. Now, what do you say to a lot of folks that would <clears throat> tell you, tell you uh, like the Mormons do, um, that while the book has been handed down through many generations, that through translation, the original writings of the Bible has been misinterpreted or lost? Well, I would tell them to go back to the Word of God and see what God says about it. Because God teaches us in Second Peter chapter 1 that his word is going to endure forever. And he promises us that it will. And he says his word endures forever. Again, in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17, he teaches us about the sufficiency of the word of God, that it furnishes us unto every good work. In Second Peter chapter 1, he says, to a knowledge of Jesus Christ and his word, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. God promised that his word would be preserved. He's preserved it. He's provided it for us. There is no other book in the world that has been preserved with as many copies, as many ancient, ancient copies as the Bible has. And God preserved it and he promised that he would. So there again, we go back to the word of God and see that God's fulfilling his promise. And we can, we can trust in that, in the validity of it and how it relates to our life today and how God wants us through his word, he reveals to us a better way of life than man has on the face of the earth without the word of God. I know a lot of folks have said that there is about 7,500 manuscripts uh, going even as high as 12,000 manuscripts. And um, the original language of the Bible is still available to check. It is not a lost language. If you wanted to, you could search out the word. We also have to keep in mind that... Um, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls that were discovered in 1948, that when they found all these old scrolls, they never contradicted the Bible at all. But you know, one of the main problems we have, Jack, is a lot of folks would say, how can God, that be, the Bible be the word of God with so many authors? Uh, wouldn't they at some point contradict themselves? If God was not the source of the word, they would have. But when you have one source giving them the word, that one source doesn't contradict himself. And that's one of the evidences of inspiration. 
is the fact that in the Bible there are no contradictions. The writers did not contradict one another. Like we said, 41 different people that God used to write his word over a period of 1,600 years, and yet there's no contradictions in there at all. Why, we see an accident today, and five people see that accident. There's contradictions between them exactly what happened because they each have their own source of what they saw. But in the Bible, we have one source of the Word of God, and it is God himself, the Father. Through God the Father, uh, the Word is given to us, and now given to us through Jesus Christ by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we have the New Testament law of Christ under which we live today, that is to lead us and guide us through this life to that eternal home in heaven. And that's why God has preserved the Bible and provided it for us, is because it is the way that will lead us to that eternal home in heaven, where he wants us to be saved. He tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 that God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the word. Now, I know where some folks will go with this. Here they are questioning whether the Bible is truly from God. And they'll say to you, you just gave us a lot of proof from the Bible that the Bible is real. Um, is there any modern-day applications to the Bible? Uh, do people use it to this day? Do scientists ever use it at all? Is it, does it have any relevance other than what it says it does? Yes, it does. It has a lot of relevance, a lot of proofs that the Bible is true outside of the Word of God. For example, in uh, the beginning, in the, in the Old Testament, it mentions the Hittites, a group of people that are mentioned several times in the Bible. And in the early 1500s and 1600s, people began to say, well, that's, there, there's no record of it. There's no archaeological record. There's no record the Hittites ever existed. So that's a sign the Bible isn't true because it talks about a people that never existed. And then there was a group of archaeologists who used the Bible in order to find one of the cities of the Hittites. And they found mm -hmm. it. They dug it up. It had been covered up. They discovered it. Uh, they uh, looked at the things there, and they found out that it was a thriving nation of people, the Hittites. And so there's verification again and confirmation. And archaeologists are still using the Bible because all of the geographical references in the Bible are accurate. The thing that people look at sometimes and think is a contradiction of the Bible, science verifies the Bible, true science. <laughs> Scientific theory of man may contradict the Bible, but then you're putting the mind of man against the mind of God. I see. So according to the Bible, it tells us that mankind is about 6,000 years old. Is that correct? That's correct. But if you were to go to some of the scientists, they would tell you, according to carbon dating, we may be, how many years are they saying now? Uh, I think it's four and a half billion. Four and a half billion. Yeah. So how do we, how do we, get that right. How, how, do we, how are we so far apart from what the Bible says and what mankind is saying or scientists are saying according to carbon dating? Well, what scientists overlook is the fact that everything physical has actually two ages. And that includes us as human beings. We have an actual age and we have an apparent age. An apparent age. And that apparent age is what they're losing out on. Because in Genesis chapters 1 through 3, it talks about God creating this world and everything in it. And everything that God created, he created full grown with the ability to reproduce. When Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden, they weren't little babies that needed somebody to mm -hmm. take care of them. They were made as full grown adults with the ability to reproduce. 
And so the fruit trees, everything else God talks about, the animals were created with the ability to reproduce. And then if we apply that to rocks, the question that I ask with regard to carbon dating is how old does a rock appear when it's full grown? And they would say, well, you know, it appears a billion years old. Well, that may well be to the natural process of, of life and of creating of rocks or making rocks. Uh, it may take a billion years for them to form naturally. But the question I ask is, how old did Adam appear? What was at apparent age on day seven when God rested after Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden? His actual age was one day old. But his apparent age, he was an adult, full grown. So on day seven, what was the actual age of rocks? Well, maybe six days, <laughs> but five days, the actual age. What was their apparent age? May have been millions of years old because they were created full grown by God. I see. So it's the theory of mankind that disagrees with the Bible, not actual science itself. I see. So while we're at it, why not cover our basis and go over some of the main arguments that uh, science or just skeptics have put together to discredit the Bible? Uh, starting with um, an article that we got from shepherds.edu, uh, they put together a list of the top 10 reasons why the Bible is not real. And the first, one of the first reasons they give is the Genesis flood is an overblown version of the ancient legends. The Babylon, Babylonian Gilgamesh epic and other flood narratives predate Genesis, so the biblical story must have been borrowed from these other ancient Near Eastern flood narratives. What does the Bible say about that, and what does God think about that? Well, the Bible tells us that the Scripture came from God, not from man. 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so the Bible says it came from God. And also, these things that they look at, like the Babylonian record and the other records, some people don't realize this, but on all seven continents of the United, of the earth, uh, there are over 35 different ancient religions and teachings of people that talk about a flood. And the Genesis flood really did happen. There's lots of evidence of it. But people are trying to disclaim again the Word of God and say that the Word of God isn't true because it takes from this. But consider this. Moses was brought up as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he was taught the way of the Egyptians. The way of the Egyptians, they were very idolatrous people. And they had many idols. They had a god of the sun, a god of the water, a god of the Nile, a god of the trees. They had gods to everything. They're idols to everything. But when God inspired Moses to write the book of Genesis, Moses talks about one God that made all things and created all things. And so that's different than what he learned from mankind. And that, again, is evidence that he was speaking by the authority of God. And God was giving him that because it's so different than what individuals believe. The Babylonians believed in many gods also. And we have to keep in mind that it is, it is not necessarily fact that Gilgamesh was written before the Count of Genesis, and that right. there are many scientists that believe that Genesis was written before the Count of Gilgamesh. Uh, but moving right along to this list, because I thought I highlighted some that I believe that the folks at home would be find important. Uh, and it'll be our last question for today. It, in number nine of their list, it says the historic Jesus, the hi Jesus of history is not Christ of faith. 
It says the New Testament is a fanciful religious text that cannot be trusted as a reliable source for understanding the life and teachings of the historic figure of Jesus of Nazareth. The so-called eyewitness testimonies of Jesus' resurrection were contrived and falsely reported as apostolic propaganda. Well, they're absolutely wrong because the Bible is true. And Jesus prayed to God the Father in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And so the Bible is true. The things that are written in the Bible really happen. Jesus performed all the miracles that are written therein. And the apostles performed the miracles following that through the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit that are written in the Bible. In John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31, it tells us the reason that these particular things are written in the Word of God and concerning the Gospels in particular, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the reason they're written is to build our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And so it isn't something that they blew out of proportion. Uh, it's something that even in secular records, we know that Jesus lived. In secular records, we know that there were miracles that were being performed by him and others at that time. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he gives us a list of individuals who were witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The tomb was empty. Remember that whenever Christ died and they uh, put him in, uh, in uh, Joseph Arimathea's tomb, uh, that they put a rock over the door, sealing the door, and put guards there. And the record tells us that the guards uh, trembled whenever the angels came and they rolled away the door and rolled away the stone from the door, and Jesus was then resurrected. So we know these things are true. Man can claim anything they want to claim. Uh, Mark, I can claim that uh, I once was president of the United States of America, <laughs> but that's not true because I claim it. And so we have to look at the evidence and see. And men say Jesus was an imposter. These things are outlandish. They could not have all happened. But one of the reasons that they're saying that, one of the things that they're going back to, is they're always trying to limit God and his power. They say Jesus could not have performed these miracles, but he was not. He was a man, but he was not simply a man. He was God the Son at the same time he was a man and a human being. And we also want to remember that Josephus, uh, the historian, uh, gave an account of Jesus, saying there was a man in Nazareth that was performing miracles. And keep in mind, Josephus uh, did not like, was a Jewish man and did not like Jesus, yet gave that account of him. Jack, after hearing all this, if there's somebody at home that realizes maybe the Bible has some validity, like we, like we know, and that they want to start that first step into uh, joining with Christ, what should they do? Well, it should begin by studying the Bible, and there are several avenues that I would like to offer to them. Now, one of them is that we offer a uh, Bible study course that will study together with you through the mail and help you to understand the Bible and what you need to do in order to receive the blessings that God has for us, that he's promised to us in that same Bible. And all you have to do is contact us on our website or our Facebook page, or uh, you can write to us at 3500 Bernard Street, that's Church of Christ, 3500 Bernard Street, uh, Bakersfield, California, 93306. You can call us. Our telephone number is area code 661-872-3500. You can call us and request the Bible study course or a home Bible study, and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can to come to a knowledge of the Word of God, believe it and obey it, 
because we, like the Lord, we want all men to be saved, to come to God's word and believe it and obey it so we can enjoy his grace and his mercy and salvation in Jesus Christ. And we do not take nothing for granted here at the Learning Center, and we do appreciate you taking the time to learn about God and Jesus and the Bible. And we just uh, want to appreciate you, and we hope that you would like and subscribe to this podcast, as we are not doing it for profit, nor will we ever solicit any kind of money from you. We do it because we love God, and we're just trying to give out the word without any spend, as sometimes the world does. And we're just trying our best to convey that. If there is something that you found inconsistent or not right with what we said, we want to hear it because we want to be right before God. And we challenge you to study out what we just mentioned and look up the verses Brother Jack Stewart just gave um, and study out the word and rightfully divide it. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, contact us at East Bakersfield, churchofchrist.com. We have an area where you can submit any kind of type of uh, uh, communication with us. Um, we also want to remind you of the other podcasts we have up and uh, use your time to, to, to learn more from uh, the Bible and what we can give you or what we can provide for you. Uh, we thank you for joining us, and we do hope that you'll, we'll see you again, Lord willing. Thank you.